Kane? Are you awake? Yeah, I am. This mask is like really uncomfortable, but the ventilation system's full of dust from the storm. It sort of sounds like it's just getting worse out there. It's nearly been a week, and it's still going. Nell said it would be clearing up soon, but I'm not sure if she actually knows that for a fact, or if she's just trying to make everyone feel a little less antsy after being cooped up in here. Everyone? Meaning Zero Zero? I think the rest of Kiramolplex seems pretty used to the weather conditions. Yeah, I think it's just us weirdos. <laughs> I mean, I kind of thought about driving out into the storm, but man, I don't know how we'd even get past that. I don't know if we can. Mm, kind of figured. Heat was already hell on the engines. I don't know if we have enough time or resources to scrap together another prototype before we go. You're probably right about the scrapping. I heard Ganymede was planning on taking it another vehicle apart to shore up the outer walls. But that's not exactly what I meant. What is it? Because... Even after the storm's gone, I may as well tell you now, I haven't been able to put a route together properly for what feels like ages, and now I can't interface with tech the same way I used to ever since we fixed the power system here. I want to be able to lead us back to the metropolis safely, but I don't think I can without fixing this. I didn't know it got that bad. Um, has talking with Tari helped at all? It honestly has. He said that the glitches I have, it's because I've been feeling feeling regret about something. Wait, I, I didn't know that could happen. I guess I didn't study your personality core very carefully. That was jettisoned too when I first found you. Tari says that some other people, rogue programmers with Glasshouse Crypto, wrote a lot of the really complex stuff. I thought you were standard issue. Not that I ever had anything to compare you to. I guess neither did Rossum. I guess not. My system is building on the shell program of an all-purpose bot, but it turns out I'm a lot more complicated than that. And the extra processing power we got from the core before is being diverted to those AI pathways. I really thought that I was broken. Yeah, I, I was worried about that. But... What's actually happening is that I need to work through this, and then the glitches will stop. And then when the dust settled, then we can head back. I just need to sort out this memory I'm stuck on. But your memory bank is gigantic. You can't like, I don't know, partition it? Dismiss it? <laughs> okay, yeah, this is just proving how little I know about your AI. That's okay. I don't understand it much myself, to be honest with you, but I thought I should tell you about it because... Because I think we share the same feeling about the memory, and I think it's probably better to share about it to someone who understands. Do you want to come and sit with me? Yes, please. I know we've been through a bunch of rough scrapes together, and I do really feel bad now for assuming that you'd just always bounce back from them, because, yeah, it can be hard to get up when you're knocked down. Thanks for telling me, Jet. What's the memory? It's about Dax. Oh. Wow. Um. Yeah, that's... That's a big one. It is. It honestly really is. But I know we've both been thinking about it. I can see it in you, Kane. Even the way you paused right there. 
your pupillary dilation, and how you sometimes wake up suddenly in the middle of the night. Like tonight. Memory is a tricky thing. Some memories decay, bits and bytes reducing all the way down to ones and zeros before blipping out of existence. Other ones, they linger, intangible but still white-hot and painful, lodged between the ribs next to the heart. You never get to forget it. Every breath you take aches with it. It jabs into something vital whenever you move. For a long time, that was my brother's disappearance. Then, joined by my sister and my parents walking out the door to the apartment for one last time that I didn't even know was the last time. Those moments formed constellations of hurt that radiated in my chest, dictated my every move. No matter how far you run, you've always got yourself. And when I closed my eyes at night, the image of Dax plunging towards his death was seared on the back of my eyelids. How many times had I dreamt about that? Woke up with a scream trapped behind my teeth, my frantic heart beating like I was still up on that cable. And how many times had Jet done the same thing? But without the mercy of being able to fall back asleep, to dream a different dream. To get to where we were now, a community largely ready for rebellion, both an older brother and younger brother by my side, I had to exchange one pain for another. The uncertainty of Seb's departure for the finality of Dax's lifeless body. Before we made it up to Caramelplex, it was easy to keep pushing that down. Only Jet and I really saw what happened. Sujin knew, but the rubble shielded them from the worst of it. And they knew that I wasn't ready to talk about it. That they probably weren't the right person to talk about it with. <sighs> Sujin had a knack for that kind of thing. But the fact of the matter is, the conversation had to happen eventually. And eventually, came knocking at the door, rattling along my ribcage. I'm so sorry, this must be a bad time. There's not really going to be a good time to do it. And you've, we've, been putting it off. I don't want either of us to suffer through this anymore. Thank you, Kane. I'm... Not really sure how to go about this, though. I mean, talking is going to help for sure. I can feel it. But I'm still using software, so... I... I think I might know who to ask for help on that. Late at night, Caramalplex sounded a lot like the abandoned warehouse I used to play in, back in the toll booth. A yawning, vacant world, the echo of my footsteps only occasionally broken by a burst of chatter far away. Jed and I walked through the darkened hallways, thinking of the past, unspoken feelings wrapped around us like a long, trailing cloak. Beyond those other nighttime voices, it felt like the whole world could be asleep right now. Do you think he'll be awake right now? Oh, I guarantee you he is, Jed. Sometimes I'd walk into the kitchen in the base at like 4 in the morning, and he'd still be coding. This is early for him. Interesting time of night to be seeing you. See? Told you. Well, come on in, you two. I was supposed to be taking my stretch break. Oh, I was supposed to take it 40 minutes ago. Oops. Even though we were getting ready to leave... 
Vic clearly hadn't packed up yet. His room was still adorned with random knickknacks. Strings of bottle caps hung from the ceiling, carved trinkets that I recognized from a shopkeep in the northwest wing, a book on hoverbike maintenance half open on his bed. On the table, his computer glowed pink, the cursor blinking and illuminating the kitchenette behind him. Can't sleep? Uh, kind of. I wanted to actually talk to you about more stuff. Ah, I was already planning on making a cup of coffee. You want one? Sure, yeah, I'll take it. By the way, where'd you even get that coffee maker? Traded it for two hours of peeling labels off of bottles. Totally worth it. Long live our bad sleep schedules. <sighs> so what's the story? Scrolling thoughts? Bad dreams? Problem you just can't solve? The third one is the closest, I would say. Ah, uh, this has to do with the glitching issue. It's a specific memory. One that we, we both need to deal with. Once we break down some of the thoughts behind it, we still need someone to work out the code for Jet, and I don't think I have the chops for this on my own. Jet's code was written collaboratively, so I figured it would be good to have another person who understands more than I do. Well, I can handle that, no problem. But, uh, are you sure you don't want someone else here for the more emotionally based parts? I'm pretty sure I heard Sujin pacing around earlier. The walls are pretty thin between their apartment and mine. I think it's better to talk about it with you, actually. Kane, I hate to admit it, but I'm not the best at the whole emotional management thing. I mean, I've kind of flown off the handle with both of you. Hey, tensions were high. I already forgave you. Same here. And to be honest, a pretty major part of this has to do with something I said to you a while back. You remember how I said I had a hard time trusting you back in the Caldrada? And all that stuff about my brother and not replacing him. Right, that was the first time you mentioned Dax. Yeah, um, truth is, you and Seb are pretty similar. And, um, for a long time I was, I was really nervous about anyone being in the place he used to be in because I didn't want it to erase him. It felt like the only real way to honor him was to leave it empty. And when the rest of my family disappeared, Dax was there. In that absence, filling up that space. But Seb's here now, and that means it's time for me to let it go. So, um, I think it's right for me to talk about it with you, too. <laughs> I'm flattered. And honored. You do sugar in your coffee. I'm good. Yes! More for me, then! Just the right amount of sugar. And you know, uh, it's been a while since the old neural link was active, but I do remember what it's like. You know, thinking like a bot and thinking like a person. And I've taken implants apart and installed them quite a few times. We're not gonna do that, per se. That's a road you can't really turn back from. But I think I've got a good idea of how I can get you two to interface. Is that gonna take a lot of time? Mm, not too much. I'm pretty sure I've got the parts for it. Those memory-based arcade cabinets were all the rage for a while, and I've been holding on to parts for it. It's more work on my part, but, uh, it'll pretty much be like you're in each other's heads. Um, do you think that's really necessary? You nervous? A little. Uh, no, actually, 
a lot. If it helps, uh, the process is going to be a two-way street. I'm just going to be your translator, turning Kane's thoughts to binary and your data to images and words. So whatever things we feel too big to handle, we'll be in it together, right? You got it. And hey, we can stop any time. Okay. Then... I think I'm ready for it. The time is 3.13, broadcasting on station 90.3. That brings our broadcast to a close. Until next time... <sighs> 45 minutes to 4am, and I still have to review the interviews with Kaleo and Eva. What was your name? Ava Jafari, from Moondog Radio. I'm from Metropolis West. I'm glad to see you recovered from your health scare. Me too. I usually just tough that kind of thing out. <laughs> Naisha's always telling me not to. And you came here with one of your associates. Associate's a funny word for it. What would you describe the nature of your relationship as, then? I, I don't know how to answer that. We've worked together forever. He's basically my best friend. Although maybe that's a little bit weird to say about a co-worker. But he's had my back through so much. I don't mean to interrupt, but who is he? Right, this is an interview. His name is... Kaleo Hale. I live in Bright Alteco in Metropolis West. You accompanied Mr. Jafari, Dr. Haven, and the Cyborg Gamma here. Though Ava, Gamma, and yourself seem to be doing so under less than ideal conditions. Yeah, you could say that. What motivated you to come to Caramalplex? It doesn't seem like any of you are on good terms with Elizabeth Haven. We weren't supposed to come here, actually. Haven basically kidnapped me and used me as collateral to get to Ava to give up the info we got. There's this guy, Hayden Dinashki. He said that he'd been jamming signals you sent from here, obscuring stuff and making it harder for people to read them. I'd consider that outside agents might have been intercepting our signals, but this is the first time I'm hearing of him. Did he say why he was doing that? Hayden was trying to prevent people from tracking Care Mallplex. Based on the amount of data he'd collected about it, I'd say he'd only been working on this for... about a year or so? He had some inside scoop since his brother was a special ops corrector. Potent Co. wants to destroy Care Mallplex. They've known about Care Mallplex as long as it's existed, but they haven't been able to decode the signals they have received. That is why we specifically use historical work like the Navigator's Charge as a major part of our codes. Potent Code destroys anything historical that reminds them of what they've done. Did you know that even the constellations they project inside the dome aren't even accurate? Space in general is a particularly sore spot for Celadon Carbonate. What I'm curious about is if they destroyed pretty much every town and reduced them to outposts so they could seize the land, and if there are tons of crypto mines out here... How do they not know where Caramalplex is? I mean, it's huge. You can see it right after you crest the hill, and it's not exactly easy to miss. Simple. We aren't directly on the service routes that technicians utilize. You would be surprised at how much people miss when they're just bowing their heads down and trying to get through a job that's too dangerous for far too little pay. They've never sent any special ops correctors out here? Oh, they did for a while. But plenty of outposts weren't afraid to get particularly violent. There's... been a lot of bloodshed out here. Far too much, if I'm being honest. 
Under my leadership, we're sworn against anything but self-defense and subduing. So we're not killing anyone. We usually just strip the vehicles and send them back on their way after we collect what we need. No technician has ever actually seen Caramalplex. The shielding that they use on their trucks is overkill anyways. And the reputation we've made for ourselves by their rumors. Caramalplex citizens silently striking and then slipping away has almost certainly helped mitigate any correct interactions. Most of them are cowards besides, even if they are on some fancy team. You seem like you know a lot about correctors. Being well-informed is an important asset. What do you know about Potenko's plans for us? It's hush-hush, but apparently tons of beta-class classers are into it. They're paying a pretty hefty sum of cryptos to anyone who gives them a solid lead. Enough cryptos to actually get upgraded to an alpha class. And it's at an all-time high. This is the year that statisticians in Glasshouse predicted that Caramalplex would become a threat. It's not as if most people believe we exist. Even a story's got to count for something, and there's plenty of stories about a better world beyond the border of Metropolis West. Otherwise, no one would have come here to begin with, right? I think the idea of a place like this existing gives people hope. And if Potenko destroys that, well, it'd be pretty demoralizing. It would strategically make sure that anyone who believed people could make it outside of the rule of a major metropolis gets shot down. Also reinforces that people are better off under Potenko than anywhere else. I see. Answer me this. How exactly do they predict this sort of thing? I mean, I'm just relaying what we know from the Donashki Drive, but I guess they're interpreting data about social unrest. People are getting more and more fed up with Potenko, enough to start organizing. It makes sense. Rent's so high, I barely make it paycheck to paycheck. And I have a stable job. Er, had a stable job. You work a 10-hour shift to make the same amount of cryptos some CEO makes in a millisecond. Tell me how that's not totally depressing. But people aren't giving up hope. I mean, for a while, I think we all found it easier to just zone out through the bad parts of living in Metropolis West. To stop caring. I felt awful about how bad it all was. It just makes you feel so alone. I guess part of that is why I like looking at the past so much. Even when you're all by yourself, when you see someone like you in history, someone who lived life, you think, if they could get through it, then I can get through it now. Makes you feel less isolated. But it starts with meeting someone who makes you feel less alone, right? Someone who gets it. All the little gripes you have about things, all the complaints, how you want things to change, and even starting with just little things. Something like, God, I hate how the microphones they give us have such shitty cables. And even though normal people, or most people, are usually put off by you being straightforward or sarcastic, you still find that person. You start with little things, then you move on to find things you don't even have in common but interest you both anyways. And you don't hate going into work as much because someone's there to listen to you ramble about the things you spent so long studying. And that's when you realize that these are the kinds of things that you want there to be more of. Not just things like better cables or a nicer office, even though that stuff is still important, but you start to think about conceptual things. You want more time to spend with people that you like, people you love, 
that you want to do things you enjoy instead of just trying to find out how many more hours you have to work in order to cover groceries this month. You want to protect that thing that you have with someone you care a lot about. And you zoom even farther out and you think, well, hey, that's what everyone wants to do, isn't it? Then you wonder why everyone wants that, but can't always have it. <clears throat> I'm uh, getting off topic. What I mean is that people connect with other people. Talk about how things could get better. And again, according to what Hayden's file said, economical factors and social unrest are intersecting in a way that means people want change. They've squashed a lot of those feelings by deleting records and destroying people who oppose them. But Potenko is really scared of this change, and they want to put an end to it as soon as they can. They need their system to work if they want to stay on top. And if that means breaking the upgrade system just this once to make sure things stay the same, then they're more than willing to do it. That's exactly why Haven's been so desperate to come out here. Well, that and... I'm aware of her obsession with her former mentor. Is she here? Lola's son, I mean. When Vic Vass? I mean... We've already met Kane and Su Jin, and Gamma's been talking a lot about this injured person. You must understand why I can't disclose that either way. Right. Sorry. Getting ahead of myself. I definitely felt just incredibly bad, leading Haven directly to what she was looking for. But it's not like we could do much of anything, right? Except for us to come here and warn you. Sujin and Kane already know that Kaleo, Gamma, and I went to make sure that Potenko doesn't stamp out Caramalplex. We know that we have to stop Haven. And luckily for us, the storm means that she hasn't had the opportunity to head back to Metropolis West and put a direct target on all of us. But it's not like you can keep her in holding forever, right? What are you planning on doing with Haven? Because I don't think she's going to be willing to be cooperative forever. Trust me when I say her friendly shtick only goes so far. Caramalplex is in the line of fire. We have to make sure she can't make it back to Glass House with this information. Definitely bar her off from the radio station since the relay reaches all the way to the metropolis. Oh, and Gamma was right here, based on the coordinates we had. So he definitely needs to stay away from her. Look, I can't imagine he's interested in being near her considering everything she did, but I just gotta make sure it's set. And after that? We would need to... No? Jesus! Sujin! Whoa, gosh! Sorry. I was just passing by. Okay, no. I'm not gonna lie. I was looking for you. I know it's like three in the morning. Has something else gone wrong? Not as far as I'm aware. Also, hang on. Something else? Something's always going wrong here. You seem specifically stressed out about one thing. I did hear those recordings, you know. I mean, if it were me making the decision, I wouldn't know what to do with Haven either. Uh... Not that any of that was new info, really. Ava and Kaleo told me about it before. It's gotta be hard feeling like that's all on your shoulders. It is. With my sisters, I was always telling them not to try to get into fights, you know. Cause like, yeah, violence is usually not the answer. The world's pretty violent, though. I don't want to add to that. I've done enough as it is. You know you don't have to keep beating yourself up about stuff that happened in the past. World's full of forgiveness, too. Well, I'll let you be. I'd probably better get back to bed. Why are you up? Nerves, mostly. And the storm, too. Also, you know, still in my 20s, so 
Bad sleep schedule. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Stay. I think I could use the company. You got it. Alright, that should do it. Okay, so those two electrodes on your temples are less for me and more for Jet. Raw electrical data is easier for an AI to parse, so he gets that data upstreamed- uh, Sorry, but when did you have time to do all of this? Oh, I've kind of been working on it on and off. Ever since you guys passed Faraday Station and interfaced with Arcadia, I figured since no one else is going for it, I'd just cannibalize some of the parts. Um, didn't Sujin say it was, like, super dangerous, though? Was being the operative word there. It was totally unattended, liable to turn on, without someone licensed to pull you out of it. In this case, similar tech, only I'm working as your translator since we're not basing it solely off of your memory deck. Okay, so what you're saying is, you can guarantee I'm not gonna get stuck in it, right? Yep. I mean... It might cause some other side effects, brain glitch, eye static, task serotonin delay, sleep paralysis, etc, etc, etc. You know, you get over these things in like a day or two in my experience. <sighs> okay, okay, whatever you say, Vic. I'm not gonna blast your brain or anything. I already know this whole memory thing is gonna be a real process, so I want to help you out. No, yeah, I know, I just... Okay, I trust you. Thanks, man. All systems are a go, then. You can open your eyes, by the way. <laughs> Not like, externally. Probably keep them closed there. But you're thinking really hard about keeping your eyes closed. Relax. I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm relaxing, I'm relaxing. <gasps> I had to take a moment to readjust what I did. Jet's perception was a blur, so fast that trying to process all of them at once was impossible. Like pressing your knuckles against your eyelids until you saw colors that didn't really exist. Are you alright, Kane? Uh, yeah, um, just, mm, just give me a second. Breathe through it. This is how computers think when a person's not behind the wheel. It's like, uh, it's you know? Usually your brain fills in the gaps when you're looking at the world. Jet's brain can't do that, so he has to look at everything all at once. Alright, we're gonna pick out a memory, something you guys share, and then things will sync up. I think I know which one we should do. Kay, just reach for the sound of my voice. I was completely blinded by the whirling shapes and shadows around me. But I said I trusted Jet and Vic both, and so I thrust my hand out towards Jet. Feeling a memory sliding, liquid and cold, past my fingertips. I grabbed for it. And found myself looking up at my own face, years younger. Numbers spiraled past my vision, broken fragments of information as I analyzed the teenager in front of me. I saw the first glimmer of hope that danced in their eyes, along with the light from the LCD screen in front of them. Oh, wow, I look so small. Not that I got bigger or anything, I guess I just don't usually see myself from this angle. <laughs> uh, Vic, I think you messed up. I'm in Jet's part of this memory. Not a bug. That's a feature. As long as you're in each other's heads, it's just 
more efficient to, you know, take the driver's seat a little, get a sense of how it was for the other person. Oh, I got it. You should be able to swap back if you concentrate hard enough. It's just like running a subroutine. Alright, not really sure what that means, but I'll give it a shot. And then I was back in my own experience of the memory, feeling the small electrical burn I'd gotten on my pinky while trying to pry open part of Jet's casing, the excitement brimming in my chest. Gee, I didn't know I'd given you so much trouble in getting me to start up. Two weeks is a pretty long time. <laughs> yeah, I was lucky to come across you in that toll booth dumpster. If I'd taken a different way back to the apartment and not cut through that alley, we wouldn't have ever met. I'm glad you did. Were you really planning on scrapping me, though? Uh, well, before I knew what you were, yeah. Up until the moment your screen powered up. Can't blame you. Tollbooth's a pretty shit neighborhood. You're usually better off junking tech if you haven't got the brains for using the parts. Or the haggling skills. But you were special. I knew that when I saw you. Even though your screen said, Marked for jettison. <laughs> you named him after the message that said he was trash? Come on, Kane. Ah, uh, you know what? Shut up, Vic. I was literally like 16 and... I don't know, I thought it was cool. <laughs> I like it though. Otherwise I would have changed it. And I'll always remember what you said. You and me, buddy. We gotta look out for each other, okay? We're all we have. Okay. Have things slowed down on your end? Yeah, significantly. Good. Because outside of this, I'm typing like crazy. It's hard work coding in real time. Maybe I could help out? Nah, I like a good challenge. So, where to next? You want to do the big one? Not yet. I think that might be rushing the process. We should probably talk about Dax as a whole first. <laughs> well, where to even start with him? Hmm, uh... Anything you two shared? Something that formed a core way you think about Dax? That would be the best. I can choose this one. This would have been maybe a few months after you brought me back? Huh. I... I don't think I remember this. Were we doing something together? Not really. I was just on your desk. Is it really okay if Kane doesn't remember? They were here. Hmm. That happens. But it shouldn't interfere with the sharing. Actually, your memory will probably help jog Kane's. Um, okay. So I was sitting on the bed. Then what? Kane, why the hell are you still sitting around? Just go, Vic! Okay, that's really, really disturbing hearing your voice come out of Dax's mouth. That one is a bug. Sorry. I don't have enough processing power to get accurate recall for people that aren't here right now. You gonna be okay? <sighs> yeah, it's... It's just a memory. It's just a memory. It's just a memory. Seriously, Kane, do you have to glare at me every single time I come in here? I own the place. I'm allowed to go where I want. <laughs> well, this is my room. Your parents aren't here, and like I said, I own this building. Ergo, I can do whatever I want. Well, they're coming back. Then they'll kick you out of here. It is honestly pathetic that you think they're going to help you with this. They're gone, Kane. They left us to figure this out. <laughs> What's there to think about? I just have to make enough cryptos until they're back. You're not actually that stupid, are you? 
There are costs to keeping this place running. And after all, the power outages your parents caused, they were months, if not years, behind on rent. If you think they could afford to buy this place back from me, <laughs> have fun in your fantasy world. In the meantime, we're 12,000 crypto short for the month. Don't even get me started on how much your parents accumulated. Well, I'll, I'll figure out something. Finally going to sell some of your crap? Like you need all of this if you're gonna be on the street soon? Sure, you're excited to live in that shitty car your parents left parked in their spot. This is everything I have left, Dax. What about that thing? It's trash, see? It's marked for jettison. Well, what else are we going to do? Look, I already sold off as much as I could of Seb's stuff. I I'm not selling anything from Val, Mom, or Dad until... See, Kane? You already know they're gone. I'm sorry to make this so hard for you. I don't really want to kick you out. I shouldn't have said that. Come here. I don't need you to say all that. I I'm just not really sure what to do because, well, if they're actually gone, then that means they actually left me and then I'm alone and that means I'm freaking stupid because I should have just gotten the job when Valeria said I should have because- Hey, shh. Look, I'm pretty sure I've come up with a plan. You know how I run a delivery service downstairs? What, what, what does that have to do with me? I hear you're a very good driver. Learned pretty much all by yourself. Hey, that's something to be proud of. I'm proud of you. Uh, thanks. I guess. I'm just trying to look out for you, Kane. For both of us. It's what family does. Ugh! You're just trying to be Araya's. You hang around here more than you do with any of the other tenants just because you like that my parents have to be nice to you. Well, guess what, Dax? You're not part of- What I mean is, since your family is not here right now, I'll do it for them. I'm sure they wouldn't want you to be having a hard time. Just get to the point. We always need more drivers in the fleet, so I'll let you live here rent-free. I'll just also collect a chunk of what you make. The more deliveries you run, the more money you make. And you can pay off your parents' debts. And whatever you have after that, those can be your cryptos. <laughs> so what's the catch? You're being sarcastic, but I'm making sure you're not homeless, turning to selling Adrenoshot, or dead. But, you know, there's just one little detail before I can make this happen. So what do I need to do? Since your parents are still missing, and not dead, I can't actually pay you. You don't have a proper crypto account or an assigned class because you're not 18 yet. If it was around your birthday, then we could just open one for you, but that's quite a while away. And we need the cryptos now. So tell you what, we're going to go down to the corrector station and report them as dead. I'll claim your new Epsilon Crypto account under mine, and then this financial issue will be out of your hair, okay? Why did you take us here, Jet? So we just remembered Dax was a terrible person. Big whoop. He was awful. 
He manipulated me into taking on debt I would literally never pay off and guilt tripping me about basically my entire family walking out on me. <laughs> Newsflash, he hurt me a lot. So why should I feel bad about him dying? But you do, don't you? We do. Yeah, but I don't know why. Because, well, look, do the rest of the Reyes ever come back to that apartment? No, they didn't. The moral neural net in my head says no one deserves to die. Dax didn't go back on his word. He let you stay there for years, and sometimes he even vouched for you when things got tough. And though he used all of those things to manipulate you, you could swear. Even in times like this conversation, that he actually cared about you. You ever get a definitive answer on that? <laughs> Not really. That was the hardest part. Not, Not knowing if he ever meant anything he said. <laughs> I wasn't even an adult when that happened. Yeah, close enough to being one, but... I, I, I needed a support system. And sometimes he filled that role. So I kept coming back because what other choice did I have? At least he was nice sometimes. That had to have meant something. But if he cared about me, he wouldn't have kept hurting Jet, right? Putting all these stupid modifications. And that wasn't the first time either. Voice module activated. Startup time, 1.7 seconds. Hello, user not detected. Why was he doing this? Because he thought you lied about Jet being trash or something? I guess. Whenever he saw Jet, he took it as an opportunity to bother him. Whack him around a little. You know? It was like he was punishing you for existing. Maybe because he couldn't always hit me. Couldn't always means he still hit you sometimes. And he sometimes would withhold meals or your paycheck to punish you in other ways. He abused both of us, Kane. And the moral neural net in my head says that people who harm others have to go. So how are we supposed to make sense of that? It was going to be a tough pill to swallow, but it was time. We could dig through our memories as much as we wanted, but all roads led to this one. The blasted wall of the secret floor in the apartment I lived in all my life, the wind pushing my hair back, my scarf whipped by the wind, seemed as if it were going to take flight itself. In the distance, framed by the rubble, was the dome. Rising up over the horizon, the sunset tracing the border of its rim against the sky with golden light. It was like possibility itself looking at me. In that moment, I felt like I understood a fraction of how Val felt when she talked about moving to Glass House. The building behind me was dark, full of secrets even from my own family. The tracker log in my hand was proof of that. There, in a world so far beyond my own, cloaked in glass as if to say, we don't have anything to hide. Maybe someone could start over there, 
live in that twilight city where time stayed frozen and beautiful. It was paused here then, shoes on the edge between a nine-story trust fall and the safety, the almost guarantee that my family might come back together if I just, if I trusted this man. So this was that room where you found out about the trackers? Yeah. He he kept a bunch of my sister's stuff here too. I don't know what that means. I guess I'll never find out. Sujin really did a number on this wall. I think it felt like it was the only option to help us escape. So what made you jump? This is a pretty scary drop for most people. Because... Because I realized I didn't deserve what Dax had done to me. You know, I'd known him since I was eight. I'd gotten used to the weird, uncomfortable way I felt around him. The way he could smile and tell you rent was going up, then stay for dinner and sit like he belonged there. At your table. I think he just liked the power he held over all of us. Even if my parents' accounts weren't under him like mine was, he still owned them. I know, I know they wanted to keep us safe from people like him. I unwrapped the bandages on my hands, looking at the scar I hid underneath it. I traced the raised, uneven line, the ghosts of amateur stitches crisscrossing the incision point. A scar I hid in without really knowing why. One that had grown with me for years. You said people forget things sometimes. That I did. Why? Why didn't Kane remember that other memory when I did? Why don't I even remember getting this tracker? You remember how I'm translating between you two? It's because the way you store memories are different. Jet's got near-perfect recall while Kane... You and I have brains that have to choose what experiences make us who we are, what's really important. Some memories are so painful, you subconsciously decide to put it somewhere else until you're ready to deal with them again. And in the meantime, people like us, we write around it, try to make it make sense. Especially when things aren't going like we think they should, you have to interpret move some parts around until they kind of fit. And what about this one? Why is this one always coming back? Some memories are also so bad, they just burn themselves onto your brain. Those ones are pretty difficult. Glass house shone on the horizon, rebar crowning it with a jagged metal garland. Objectively, it was a beautiful sight, but it wasn't what I spent my time looking at. Because Sujin was down there, someone promising me that I could trust them. And for the first time, feeling like I could. That feeling of freedom so close you could wrap your arms around it, put your head on its shoulder, sit in a car with it and go 90, 100, 200 miles an hour with it in the passenger seat. Forever. That was the most beautiful thing about this memory. I... I can't- uh, Dax! You're not getting away so easily. We're both gonna fall, Dax. Is this what you want? Don't forget that you belong 
to me. Not anymore. Let go! I don't know whether or not I should have done that. I panicked. Jet's fear filtered through to me in frantic calculations, patterns, and equations repeating, hoping to get a different number somehow. I didn't know how scared he was, how he barely understood what being afraid really was. That's how new having emotions was to him. He weighed on me too, a sick and hopeless feeling pulling me down, gravity multiplied, and that hollow feeling you get inside of you when you look over the edge at an abyss when you know exactly what you're going to see at the bottom. Was it the right choice? I don't think that exists. There's just the choices you make and then life after it. I mean, what could you do? He would have killed us. I don't think any of your electronics would survive an impact from that height. All three of us dead. We're only one of us. I just wish someone could tell me that it wasn't my fault. But it was. It was my fault I sent the shock that made him let go. Some part of me hoped he would die. Just because it would solve so many problems. Isn't it terrible that the first thing I felt when he was screaming all the way down was relief? Messed up, isn't it? Wordlessly, I reached out my hand, my real hand, to Jet, who still sat on Vic's kitchen table. Under my palm, his chassis was fever hot. There wasn't anything to say. He already knew I felt the same way. You're not bad people for feeling that way, you know? He did terrible things to you. Knowing for sure that it won't happen again is pretty worthy of relief to me. But then when he fell, after the sound of him hitting the ground, it was real. And then there was terror and regret. That was a person I'd known for almost 15 years. I'd seen him frustrated and violent. I'd seen him patient and smiling, <laughs> even complimenting me when times were good. And I'd seen him when times were bad. When cryptos really were short, struggling with paying for things under the same systems I was struggling in. I remember his hand pressed against his forehead in a fist, and I thought that movement was just so human. There for what felt like forever, and now suddenly gone. I keep wondering if, if he could have changed. I mean, I know I changed so much with Zero Zero. Hell, I've changed a lot here in Caramalplex. He didn't really get the chance. But he did. You knew him for 15 years, Kane. Jet knew him for five. He had time to change, to be a better person, to stop hurting you both. Everyone has the potential to change. Not everyone makes that choice. And like you said, what other choice was there to make then? Violence has its uses. It's not the best thing. It shouldn't be your first resort. But when nothing else has been heard or cared about, you get the point. 
I don't talk about it much, but I was a berserker. I killed a lot of people who, in my opinion, deserved it. They had the opportunity to, time and time again, and they chose not to because their life was made easier. Maybe even improved by the fact that they destroyed other people's lives over and over again. If they don't stop, someone has to stop them. It's not an easy thing to do. But it might be something any and all of us have to someday. At the end of the day though, even if I made the right choice sometimes, I still hurt the hell of a lot of people who didn't deserve it. Just existing in the world means you have the potential to hurt someone. But I chose to change. I choose every day to not walk back to the person that I was before. Some days, I make more progress than others. Still, what do I do with it? This feeling. I know what's the thing that's stalling all of my processes. If we get rid of it, then... I go back to normal, right? Jet, in, in a lot of ways, you do think like us. You have a neural net that helps you figure out a decision matrix. It's pretty complex in there, even for me. And I've spent a lot of time in your head. And even though you've got a big memory bank, your system's designed to stop things like buffer overflow. You have a self-optimization process, which includes... Storing data in the most efficient way. You wouldn't be able to delete it without running into potential problems. I don't know how often you run your routines, Jet, but I'd say something like that. That keeps coming back up. It's probably pretty integrated into your other memories. I could delete it, but it would probably take away a decent chunk of other memories or subroutines. It wouldn't be the same after. It's not easy to live with. I get it more than anyone. Dax was a complicated person. The same way everyone's complicated. He was a victim under Potent Co. like us, even if he wanted to be a part of that world. He was a part of our lives. And people exiting other people's lives still leaves a place where they were once and aren't anymore. I can't choose to forget this one. A and I'm not faulting you for wanting to get rid of it. Even if we could, Vic's right. We might have to face the same kind of situation in the future, and if we didn't have this memory, we just feel the same old panic we did here. Maybe regret that decision even more. It's not a good thing that this happened. But I think we have to just accept it as part of our lives. So will the guilt go away eventually? I don't know. I can't promise you anything, but it gets easier to deal with. Especially now that you've talked about it. This doesn't have to be the end of our conversation forever. Like I said before, we gotta watch out for each other. But no matter what, we're gonna walk on from this together. Into the future. Into the future.
<sighs> Tari, aren't you calling awfully late? <laughs> would you call 3.45 a.m. late? I would indeed, though some would call it very early. Are you unaccompanied tonight? That I am. I know it's a little strange. Highly unorthodox. <laughs> yeah, but I, I figured you'd be the best person for me to talk to about. Uh, a couple of things, actually. Come in, then. Well, that's new. The cane, yeah. I, uh, I'm starting to lose my balance a little. I only ever break out this bad boy once in a while. The stickers are pretty cute, though, right? What other symptoms do you have? Dysphagia? Autonomous nervous problems? Lightheadedness? Whoa! Uh, slow your roll. That's not what I came here to talk about. Oh, I didn't mean to offend. I'm just curious is all. Your condition has just been worse every time I've seen you. You were wearing a mask in here before anyone else was. Uh, yeah. Um, this, this is just the longest I've gone without medication. Three unsuccessful supply runs in a row. Ah, those scrounging sessions you all do. It's an unsynthesizable compound for us out here. And I can't just get fitted with a new ticker or something. I'm the same way. I had 13 different surgeries to keep my body together before I even turned 13. I take it you also have FBRS. FB what now? Foreign Body Rejectivity Syndrome, or Glasshouse Syndrome. You might be more familiar with that last one. Makes it very, very difficult to maintain your health if your organs fail. Which, of course, you only ever find out you have the problem if your organs are failing to begin with. Again, not really here to talk about my whole medical file. Oh, I apologize. I'll keep the medical talk to a minimum then. Sit down. I probably said this before, but my memory isn't the best thing in the world. I recall something to that effect. And glasshouse defectors who come here, it's... it's... It's pretty uncommon to get a beta class. You mostly get deltas and the occasional gamma. Giving up just because they couldn't hack it. I've picked the brains of almost everyone here about their lives in Glasshouse, their experiences, and what they remember. I've exhausted every single one of them just trying to find people who know how I felt back then. And you're right that we're similar. There's just one way that I was thinking about in particular. And what's that? Listening to you talk about medicine, it's its like it's the only thing you've ever known. You and I were both trained for a particular job that we did our entire lives. A job that dictated the things we did, places we were, people we knew. You're the only person I know who didn't willingly give that up. Didn't you? You told me you were inspired by one of my more... revolutionary peers. And you seem to enjoy yourself well enough here. I know! <laughs> I, I wouldn't give up being in Caramolplex for the world, and I really was planning on coming out here, just not the way that I did. I faked my death because I wanted to just burn every bridge I could, make sure I absolutely couldn't turn back. But cutting it all off meant that I threw myself into a world where I didn't have any of the skills that are, like, necessary to life out here. I didn't know how to shoot a ray gun, for starters. Couldn't grow any plants or even hold a broom. Dead weight. And now that I'm making a place here, my health's down the drain every other month. It's not like you have to have a job here, but I, I really only ever knew one 
thing. Every day in Glasshouse was a routine, you know? Be on camera even when you sleep, pop pills every time the lens looks away so you can make it through the day, eat food someone else made extra pretty so it would get the most views, pretend you like things you don't, nod when the audience wants you to keep the brand alive. And, and it was like hell after a while, but you get used to it. And things you get used to, you start to miss. Even years later. I understand. There's something about structure that makes it easier to live your life. A way that doesn't leave unexpected moments for you to figure out. A system that takes care of things. That's what we have here. Are you being taken care of if you don't even have the medicine to treat yourself? We don't have that medicine because people hoard it. You must know how many doctors kept medicine to sell under the table for higher prices. Not usually the life-saving kind, just the fun ones. Some of the fun ones are life-saving for people. You have me there. (sighs) And you technically had me earlier. I miss Glasshouse sometimes. All the stuff in my room is vanity objects from my influencer career. I'm always relying on the skills I got from my job there. I kept going by my username, Bunny, until two years in. I still like it, which which makes me feel weird and, and guilty for liking something that I gave up. <sighs> Spoken like a true addict, huh? You shouldn't feel guilty about all that. It's perfectly normal to prefer what you are with for longer. <sighs> yeah, but it's not fair. Some of the best friends I've had in my life are here, and it sucks that I feel like I wasted the part of my brain that remembers things on a life I don't have anymore. I should know when I've hung out with Astra and Katz and Harlan. I should be able to keep Baz's face in my memory when I'm not looking at him. But some days, I don't even know I've forgotten anything until I step outside of my room and realize I'm not in Glasshouse anymore. Tari, I understand. I really do. I had a very difficult time after I was kicked out of Glasshouse. So much hand-wringing and thinking that if you could just go back, you could do everything differently, so you wouldn't end up here. I had to build up my clinic from the ground up, relying almost solely on what I knew to make it happen. Memory shapes so much of our lives, doesn't it? The things that happen in the past are the things we watch out for in the future. Events that shape us as people inform our actions. But you don't have that luxury, do you? If there are holes, it's harder to make the world make sense. Especially when it's so chaotic here. You do get it. What do you remember from Glasshouse? That tells you a lot about the why. Gosh, so much of that time felt like a blur, but my best friend Milo... He's who I remember the most. I I know I said that your colleague's work is what got me to come out here, but he's the one who handed it to me. We were supposed to be coming here together. He did most of the work decoding signals and talking with contacts. All I was supposed to do was get us a ride out here. Then I managed to screw that up entirely. He didn't want to rush into it, and I did, so I, I stole all the stuff he'd done, and I came out here anyway. That's the worst thing I've ever done. I I can blame it on the drugs and the mania all I want, but... 
I still knew even then that it wasn't right. <sighs> I, I was so reckless. I probably got him kicked out. Or worse. <sighs> I always hope that he somehow made it into the next trek out here, but... It's been years. But I still remember his face. I'm sorry, Mixed Wit. Regret is a heavy thing to carry. But being someone who's more in your friend's shoes than yours, I can say that I do appreciate that you actually feel bad. That's more than I could say for your counterpart in my story. There's a reason she had a bounty on her head, you know. If she had simply abandoned her post, then it would have been a loss. A great loss, but at least only one. But no. She dragged every single person in the Prodigy program down with her. Years of all of our cohort's hard work, work that helped people, protected our citizens, gone. She didn't care, though. No penitence, no explanation, no nothing. She came to me. I offered the chance to let her stay and fix things, and she chose to leave anyway. Burned every bridge, just like you did, and let me take the fall. <laughs> and then, to find out that she was alive that entire time, she must have known where I was and what she had let me suffer through. And yet, she still insisted on breaking every single rule and supposedly making her way out here. Uh, tell me, if you met Milo again, what would you do? Apologize. Exactly. But the great Lola Sun could never come down off her pedestal and say sorry. That doesn't sound like Lolita. Fr from what I've heard, at least. I see. I suppose that's where our differences are, then. You sympathize with the story of a fallen angel in a traitor's heart, and I simply don't have the patience for all of that. We are different there. And I don't think we'll ever see eye to eye on it. Leaving already? You seem to keep our little chats brief. It's late. And though we've got nothing but time until it's safe to travel outside. <sighs> I'll admit, I'm pretty tired. I'm sure you are too. I like running on less sleep. Makes me feel more alert. <laughs> Whatever you say, Dr. Haven. I think I've satisfied at least part of my curiosity. You've given me a lot to think about. Good night. Sleep well, Tari. And thank you for all the help. So, no. You've lived out here. You really think that storm has a chance of passing in the next few days? Because it looks kind of brutal. I'll remain non-committal on the matter. It's unpredictable. Like everything else beyond Metropolis West. The whole world, really. The whole universe. That's true. The only constant is change, or whatnot. No matter where you are or where you go. Or where you stay. You said you were looking for me earlier. Yeah. I didn't really know if I'd see you again before we left. It's hard to get a hold of you sometimes. I do apologize for that. 
All the work to do. I know you really care about Caramelplex. Plus, I know it's been weird that we're asking people to join Zero Zero and... You know... <laughs> fight the system and whatever. I can't imagine how that feels for you. Protecting this place is like a full-time job. Like a 24-7, no-closers, always-on-duty kind of thing. I don't want anyone to get hurt, but I know they might. And they might get hurt either way, especially if what Haven's planning, god forbid, actually happens. I believe in Zero Zero. But I think I'm lucky that I have enough faith to give. I get why you might not be in that place after everything you've done for us here. Well, you know, find another outpost. Rally people in Metropolis West. I believe I owe you something, Sujin. We've seen each other in many crises, and I haven't given it to you yet. Even though I promised it to you. Yeah? What's that? Let's see. I think we last left off on a cliffhanger that went like this. I made dishonorable discharge from the 207th and final fleet. I was part of a platoon that was trying to conquer one of the last major frontiers. The stars. Planetary expansion? Precisely. I want to tell you this account now because out of everyone, Sujin, I think you'll be able to hear it without judgment or any preconceived notions. It's a story about crime and loss and how I got here. And once I'm finished, I want you to tell me exactly what you think. Hi, Eli Ramos here, creator and editor of Under the Electric Stars, an Astro Podcasting Network production. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends and rate and review it wherever you're listening to us. You can find us on our website at underthealectricstars.com or on social media. We're Under the Electric Stars podcast on Tumblr, and yes, we're still on Twitter at UTES underscore podcast. If you really like our show, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mixeliramos. That's M-X-E-L-I-R-A-M-O-S. You can support Astro Podcasting Network at different tiers and get rewards like early access to episodes, annotated scripts, commentaries, behind-the-scenes posts, art, and even merch. That's not just for Under the Electric Stars, but all the shows on the network. The money you give directly goes to supporting our editor, showrunners, and actors who make these shows possible. Please support us if you have the means. Any amount helps. Our current merch offerings are a sticker set of Vic and Lalita and a Season 2 poster of Under the Electric Stars. If you pledge at $5 a month or higher, you'll get the stickers, and if you pledge at $10 a month or higher, you'll get the poster. Keep in mind, though, you'll have to be pledged for at least three months to get these rewards, but from there on out, you'll be able to get every piece of merch we release that's at your tier. Check them out. Our voice talents are as follows. Robin Guzman as Jet Reyes, Rhea Ann as Kane Reyes, Kevin Paculan as Vic Bass and Dax Pastor, Catriel Rose as Nell Palomo, Mateus Noguera as Kaleo Hale, Ari B. as Ava Jafari, Christine Kim as Sujin Yi, Stephanie Arada as Elizabeth Haven, and Philomena Sherwood as Tari DeWitt. Attributions for sounds and music used can be found in the show notes. Thanks to Ezra Lee Buck, Audrey Pham, and Miriam Brown, our $20 patrons on Patreon. And to everyone, thanks for listening, and see you in Caramelplex soon. Lastly, I wanted to dedicate this episode to Robin Guzman's dad, who recently passed away. 
He raised a wonderful person who I have had the pleasure of being friends with for many years, and I wish him peace and blessings.